Hello and welcome to the Other Banana Podcast. I am Aditya, and today we are not discussing a film, but we are here to celebrate uh, one of the greatest artists our country has ever produced. It's 2022, and it's been 30 years since we were all introduced to A. R. Rahman. Uh, Mani Ratan Sroja released on August 15, 1992. Uh, its music released late July, if I'm not wrong, of that year. when manirtham and producer k balasundar formally unleashed rehman to the rest of the world uh, so we thought the occasion calls for some celebration some nostalgia um, as a 90s kid myself um, and i have two special guests with me to talk through the year through these years of growing up with rehman uh, meher and arjun i let them introduce themselves uh, meher why don't you go ahead hello my name is meher meher manda i am a writer educator editor and culture critic and um a bonafide rahman fan so i'm excited to be here hi my name is arjun nair and uh, i am a music producer music director voice artist and i am also part of uh, an acapella crew called voxronica and i am definitely someone who is uh, a bonafide uh, rahman aficionado if i may say so and uh, yeah i'm pretty excited to be here aditya I don't think I was actively thinking about it, and I and I happened to come across a news piece that it's going to be 30 years uh, on August 15, and uh, I know you and I have been talking, Aditya, about possibly recording an episode together, and we've been tinkering around like what movie, what you know, um, what film, what language. We were sort of going round and round, and then I thought, you know, why not this? Why not talk about um, composer and an artist that we love so much? and i thought of arjun as obviously to have musical you know someone with a musical bent someone who's reacting to it you know more than a more than you know your traditional passive listener but also they voktonica did an amazing um a cappella tribute to rahman a couple of years ago which was very popular and you should all check it out on youtube it's really cool um and did a, they did a medley of his songs and i was just like you know what that'd be really cool for arjun to come and talk about and also i feel like you know the songs spend decades and years and languages and so that would be fascinating to to hear about um so yeah i was just like do you want to get together and nerd out over them <laughs> yeah yeah uh, arjun can you talk, take us through your first encounter with rehman uh, like the early early years oh man that's that's uh... see i think i think i think i think rehman uh, ar rehman has been something that's synonymous with most people who are probably listening to this podcast in terms of oh you know what like everyone's got this little game which people play right when you're in school who's the best at something 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 so you'll always think of you know the the kids growing up thinking oh cricket it's tendulkar music it's it's rahman even though this country has produced so many fantastic artists i think the reason why ar rahman has left such a indelible mark on everyone is because he's just he's literally had a 30 year career where he's reigning his field so just as somebody who's accomplishing so much in this field i think anyone can look up to the man and think that yeah man that's 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 pretty cool no one's going to really touch that kind of accomplishment list but if i were to look back at my first encounter i'll tell you what incidentally uh, i remember it pretty clearly because i think it was i was what like very 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 small at that time four or five or something of that sort when stuff happened uh, i was in palghat palakkad is basically or palghat as it's known to a lot of people is this little town uh, i mean now it's a big town but it's on the border of kerala and tamil nadu 
so that's where my family hails from so i remember we were in uh, an aunt's house and uh, at that time the papers had carried this really big article about this young person who is like this whiz kid who's standing with this guitar kind of thing okay it's a photo like that he's standing like that and it's like you know it was just he was 19 years or 20 year genius or something like that and uh, this man has made his debut with uh, a few ads and stuff like that and as a ilayaraja protege slash some blessing halo effect of ilayaraja exists and ilayaraja is obviously a pantheon legend right he is still regarded as uh, one of the best out there ever and uh, so who's this young whiz kid who has got this blessing from that place and the man has done a spectacular album called roja now roja has come out at that time and everyone's obviously gone crazy why have they gone crazy because you got to realize that today we take it for granted that because everyone's pretty much operating at the same production value if i may call it that in simple terms you're listening to a particular kind of sound across the board which is on an average it's it's eased out you know even dinchak puja has access i cannot believe dinchak puja has been mentioned on this podcast but even she's got access to the gear that say you know most music producers or directors would have whatever level you're operating at whether it's for a big big feature film level thing or a indie release wherever it is but you got to realize that in 92 to make something sound that way to produce and arrange things in that particular way and to compose those kind of melodies on top of that that kind of stuff was unheard of in terms of the sound because you got to realize you got to draw a parallel of course there was some amazing stuff happening in tamil cinema there was some amazing stuff happening in uh, say malayalam cinema telugu i'm not, not sure what the status was back then but you got to realize that in bollywood we were listening to saanson ki zarurat hai kaise that suddenly in the middle of that you just have the roja album dropping in terms of that entire sound you know you're taken into the mountains and you 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 have something like a bharat humko suddenly come and reinvent what you can feel with a song because i know for a fact that when anyone's heard bharat humko at the time it dropped it scared me as a kid when that entire da 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 would start it just reminded me of oh my god demons are coming this that and then that tune would suddenly get very hopeful and large and then suddenly hariharan comes and diffuses the fire out there and and then you start connecting it to this image of uh, the actor rolling on an indian flag that is burning like this combination of maniratnam and ar rahman the first time it ever dropped it was like an elixir it was like a drug which people hadn't ever tasted before it was a new thing on the block and i won't forget that because i still distinctly remember that article and in my head now i was a very achievement driven kid i was one of those palaku type kids or whatever but immediately to see someone who is at 19 you know already becoming a force to reckon with and i if i'm not wrong he won his first national award with his first major film album and yeah. of course it was in tamil and uh, then it got dubbed into hindi but we got to realize that uh, the the beauty of ar rahman is that he's captured a country despite primarily being a tamil music composer that is what i think the authenticity of him is that he is first a tamil composer but today he is a world music composer he's a world level composer but that first album that dropped was the first encounter i had ever had and of course you know you don't realize who's done ads and stuff so i don't think i would have ever caught hold of an ad that he's done or realized he's done it because today you might hear about it but that was my first impression the guitar a young ar rahman with a little bit of a mustache that is 
I don't think it's he he'd ever shaved until there. There was one of those mustaches. You know the mustaches you get when you don't shave the fuzz mustache. It was that kind of a photo, and I remember that very distinctly. And I I thought to myself that it's already sounding so special. You you used to listen to music on the radio, and primarily a lot of radio in Mumbai at least when we came back as well would play a lot of international music. And here we were whenever Hindi music is playing, there's only one person who's sounding. at par with what's playing around the world and that was yaar rahman and that's why those first 5 6 years i think till the late early 2000s when a dil jata and a shankar esam broke out i think that's when the paradigm started changing a little bit where production levels started balancing out a little bit but uh, until then those 10 years no one was close to this man and that that those those first 10 years itself for a first impression because it kept evolving in many ways but yeah that's 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 my ever first ever encounter was that yeah chance fix where what arjun was sharing uh, because i remember i know exactly what photo he's talking about because it's a photo that has been regurgitated right over and over in media uh, it's like one of early it's an early rahman photo of him on a stage uh, with his with his guitar accepting some kind of a trophy but um, i was born november 1992 right so just uh, you know uh, whatever five months uh, four five months after uh, roja's release uh, and so i think about rahman is very much like you know the soundtrack to my life right i think about it that he's been there you know he, he i we started together <laughs> if that makes any sense and uh, so we we journeyed this far and uh, i and the first movie that i was ever taken to not that i I have any lucid memories of it, but the first movie that I was ever taken to by my parents was to see Bombay when I was barely like two and change. So um, you know, in that in that many ways, like these first two albums were very much you know the very earliest music I'd listened to, you know, as as a kid, and um, you know I. don't you know i now i listening to arjun and i'm just like yes that makes a lot of sense yes there was a certain kind of music yes he kind of shifted the palette yes he subverted you know sound and production but at that time you don't think about any of these things right you don't have such kind of technical assessment and and strong you know purposeful critique of the stuff you're listening to all you're all you're doing is you're just responding in a very primal you know innocent way that only children can right you either love something or you hate something uh and those are the only two options that exist when it comes to the world around you and i just loved rahman's music you know i always loved it i responded to it in a way that i responded to kamal hasan like there are certain things you know and certain artists like like i responded to the beatles you just respond to certain art in a way that's unquestionable that can't be explained that can't be you know theorized um and i just remember thinking gosh i just love this music and i remember when minsara kanu re- released then the telugu version of minsara kanu and some people might know the hindi version it was sapne it was um a rajiv menon film starring prabhu deva kajol and arvind swami it has a lot of fun songs and uh, the telugu version of that film would play on etv once a week i'm not like once a week at 3 pm once a week the telugu dubbed version would play and so once a week i watched it for a few years there and to a point where i knew all the songs by heart um and so in many ways like i can i can talk about my life through 
Rahman's albums. I can talk about very specific moments in my life, very specific summers, like the summer that Jeans released, and uh, my uncle gifted me a cassette, which was side A was uh, Okay Okado, which was the Telugu version of Mudalvan, and side B was Jeans. And these were that was that was the cassette, and I had a Walkman, and that was the only cassette I had. So that's the only cassette I listened to for an entire summer, just going through side A and side B, and just feverishly. So I can talk about his music in a way that's almost autobiographical, right? Almost personal, almost very. I feel a sense of ownership <laughs> about his success. I feel a stake, which I think I want to circle back, you know, to you, Aditya, because I feel like. as south indians we are also three south indians in this conversation right as south indians we feel very personal about rama right we feel very like we feel an ownership we feel an ownership we, we feel a stake in his success in his excellence uh you know uh in a way that to the hindi audience they 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 always i guess respond to him from a distance you know it used to be all and now it's a mix of now that he's older it's a mix of awe and reverence right they don't know what to make of this guy who comes to like film fair awards and speaks in tamil and like fucks off right they'll be like they'll give him an award for best composer and they'll be like can you sing two song two lines and he'll be like no and he'll just fuck off and they're like oh we don't know what to do with this guy you know we don't know how to respond to him we don't know how to work him in a crowd right like this is the guy who comes and can tell salman khan that you know when salman khan asks him when are you going to work with me he's like when i like a movie you make right and just fuck off like he's just like he's a very mythical figure in hindi cinema but we feel a sense of ownership so i think i want to circle back to you and talk about why is that you know why do we feel such stake um, yeah I, i think it's always come from a a space of not having that um the, the kind of recognition and the kind of uh, in the the media space that the hindi films normally get i mean it, it's funny to be talking about it in this podcast because we started this podcast because uh, everyone talks about hindi cinema as indian cinema so we wanted a podcast which talked about all the four south languages and um and that's the reason this podcast exists so so i, I think it's very similar uh, and And, and and the early 90s was a time when um through the 80s if you see all, everyone had already tried their hand at making a mark in bollywood right from rajini to kamal um sri devi is the, probably the only one who uh, who had 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 a, a, a success across languages and not just bollywood so uh, so i think by then everyone had tried that okay now we use pan india in very different terms but people had tried that but people wanted that have been wanting that for a long time and 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 there, there have been films like that um, back then too so i i think um, but there is one aspect that i, I think the south always excelled in is uh, i think the south at that time uh, like like even for that time always had the better technicians working in the, in, in cinema and, and 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 they always travel um, and 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 the, the and the kind of reason i'm talking about are people like art directors people like editors people like uh, uh, the sound engineers and and, and but, but but those are not you you can you can't put faces and work to 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 to, to the to, to what they do like uh, but rahman came out but rahman makes soundtrack so that's something that we are we can easily um, it, it, it's something easily accessible to us like that speaks to us like any any film that comes out is a song that 
that that make the film at that in in, in those times and and so that's directly something that we relate to and when in that field someone excels and when when and and, and I, I remember i think rangan wrote this about rahman being at the right place at the right time and 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 i think uh, and, and 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 i i also remember how people took offense to that uh, to that concept but i think it's actually sort of true because at that point like 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 i said a lot of people had already tried it but this happened at the time when when, when things for when people were working together more often people were able to transcend state lines and transcend borders more often and 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 people heard of work from other cinema and other industries and other languages more often so a lot of things came together and 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 then at the same time an all time great like rahman came up and 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 i think that that's that is a that is something that really worked uh, uh, that way like for, to go back to my memories of rahman yeah like I, I, I was seven in '92, and I listened to Roja like on repeat, and 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 it's almost um, and, and there was no looking back. And I was very lucky to have grown up. So so I I lived in uh, Madras till '95, uh, and then from '90 from '96 uh, till I turned 18, I was in Bombay. So I was able to see both the. Both the, both the places where it happened, like 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 the, like the time when um, I I may have missed the Rangila part, but I did the the the, the Tal wave that happened is, is unmistakable because when when Tal came out was the time when anyone could actually afford a, a, a CD ROM. Like CD a CD was something you graduate from a cassette, and Tal is kind of something that that it that was a time when it when people were able to do it people were encountering um, compact disc and and then you you see that familiar Ashrai poster and and then tal was just uh, an, an india wide phenomenon uh, and and so I, I i count myself lucky that way to have seen both of those uh, periods and and, and uh, so that way uh, growing up, growing up with rahman especially in the 90s uh, is very very special yeah cuz you also i think what you hit rightly, Aditya, is that um, Bollywood, or rather the Hindi film industry, was just, it was slim pickings in the 80s and 90s. It was really bad work all around, right? Not just, yeah. not just, we're not even talking like from a technical standpoint, just like, just even the movies were overwhelmingly not good. Um which is why, you know, and it started picking up in the mid to late 90s, you know, things started to, you were responding to the influx of a global market, you were, you know, you were making films um, for more than just Indians who lived in India, and you were started to have like a broader worldview. And so your sound developed as a result, your technicians came in, you know, uh, but we you know, there were really good parallel films. There were really good, you know, films that now would be called content driven, but the parallel cinema movement was picking up, but the general mainstream cinema in Hindi was just really, really bad. It was just quite awful. Uh, and uh, and by extension, as uh, Arjun said earlier, the music was, um, you know, I wouldn't even say awful. I was. I wouldn't even say necessarily bad because they were good ballads. Uh, you know, there were some really good albums from composers like Jatin Lalit, and you know, there were some good albums in there, snuck in there. But there was a kind of a, you know, sort of heavy synth sound, weird, you know, production choices that was sort of a template of a sound that had been established. You know, that doesn't 
feel like that just that that's just begging for Kumar Sanu to come and like croon over it. It was just a very kind of a template. And he, Rahman disobeyed that template or Rahman created his own, you know, template, created his own sound. And, you know, in that way, he was able to precede all of the other music composers who came at the turn of the new millennium, who were able to, you know, elevate what Hindi music was like, but he was able to come before that. So maybe um, definitely right place at the right time had something to do with it. So these are pretty good points. And just, just, it, it made me think of a couple of aspects with, you know, the right place at the right time bit as well. And uh, Mary, you're right. I think the late 80s and let's say early 90s was definitely a struggle across the film industries. I don't know how uh, tough it was down south, but I know for a fact that the, the quality of, you know, generally, especially in, in, in something like Bollywood, it's a very relationship driven slash formula driven industry. It's not a let us achieve the creatives and the industry first. It's primarily a let us tell stories and get people into theaters kind of industry, right? So in the context of all of that, I think the formulaic stuff which went out in the late 80s and 90s demanded a certain kind of music where you had composers like, say, someone from Bappilari to the, the late disco stuff to you still had your big composers like Lakshmi Kant, Pyarelal, all those guys, and you still had a Kishore, Lata, all of these legends were still around. So they still had a few things which broke through at that time. But I think the primary place which changed the game, if I may say that, across the country, I would say at least for the, the mainstream Hindi cinema thing, if I may call it that, uh, what changed is primarily film music is, uh, they, they, they approach it like musicals, right? At least in Bollywood, they used to do that. Now, to a layman also, if you think about it, all of the songs from then would have just a rhythm they would just have some string sections which come in, in the middle and the vocals. These were the three primary components along with some instrument like a sitar or you'll have some, you know, Adi Burman would throw in some extra stuff, all of that stuff. But it was not something which was harmony driven. It was not something which was bass driven. The concept of harmony itself, film music was very Indian classical driven. They were composers were very well versed with either Western classical styles or Indian classical styles. But primarily the concept of harmony was something that I feel A.R. Rahman turned it mainstream. And that's what that, that inexplicable quality of why does it sound different or why you reheard the Roja album so many times, Aditya, is because you got to realize that suddenly there were chords accompanying the thing which made your emotions feel even more elevated. That's not something a lot of composers were doing in mainstream cinema back then. It was, of course, happening across songwriting in the world. But I think A.R. Rahman was the first one to kind of bring it down out here and make it mainstream and speak cinematic music through it. Because you've got to realize that making music for movies versus writing songs in general, they're actually completely different things. Because here you're writing situational music. You're actually trying to create a piece of score which has to go with a special person brought into light, write lyrics and tell a specific story within that. So that creative limitation for him to take this, apply the concept of harmony and just to touch upon the fact that in terms of the point that you made about the technicality bit of it, all the best technicians, yes, used to come from the south, southern half of the country. I explicitly remember a lot of people who have worked for the last 20, 30 years, even today they speak of a time where you had to go to Chennai to record. Your big stuff had to go to Chennai to record. You want to do string sections, you got to go to Chennai. You want to play with the best guitar players, you got to go to Chennai. 
and eventually when people understood that there's an instrument called bass which you should start using in songs in bollywood they would also have to go to chennai maybe for that or whatever it is but the point is that all of those things started because of ar rahman and i must also say that something that makes him a very personal quantity to me is because i had a very big revelation when i was say 20 or 21 that one of my all time favorite albums which i didn't even know i really loved it was like a good childhood memory for me there was this movie with mohan lal which had released in 92 okay and it was a very special uh, vacation memory for me because i'd watched it with the entire family and those are like my first proper memories as a kid if i was 4 or 5 or something like that it's a movie called yodha and it was a big hit at that time and it had this beautiful very something was sounding very different about it now at that time i didn't know how to put it in words but i already knew that it looks feels wider the music there's something about this which is moving me differently compared to anything else i'm hearing out here and i realized very very late in life that yodha is rehman's album and his score yeah and that's one more aspect which he changed right like people would always hire a different person to do the bgm very rarely you'll have the background score of a film the storytelling in the film of course i'm i could be wrong about this but if i'm if i believe that the the trend of rangila being the first big album ramgopal varma himself being a figure from the south even though it's not something we all acknowledge too much but uh, you know he brought rehman down and made the first big mainstream hindi album from rehman was rangila it was a breakout thing at that time but everything about that film was also largely to do the fact that that score right that entire quantity of it's not you you are creating an entire start to finish musical product if you want to look at the music of the entire storytelling of a film was the same quality was the same ideation it was coming from the same brain and that to me was also a stoic difference between something that anyar rahman had touched which allowed him to become a quantity that pe- probably people didn't understand why they like it but those films did much better because of the music I'm not entirely sure if Rangila would have been a giant hit had it not been for that music track, and 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 there's no question about the fact that it 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 definitely benefited from it. Of course, there was Urmila Matondkar, there was Jackie Shroff, there was Amir Khan. It had all the right stuff, but you got to realize that uh, that is the arrival of A R Rahman as a national quantity because that's when you know a a, a person who people are ready to wait for for eight years. Like there were people waiting for three years. because they shelled their films for 2 3 years because rahman had to work on the music that process is something that used to happen for legendary like ilai raja might have had that happen in his time uh, there might have been something like that for a lakshmi kampyarela but that is the mark of you have arrived as a music director in this country music director is a term that gets used only in this country by the way so let's call him a composer or however we want to look at it but it wasn't easy i remember subhash guy committing that They, all of them had to travel to chennai like like you said they had to travel to chennai and work all night like the, this guy works on me the night and subhash guy used to come in sarcastically about that like, and, and I, i have to be awake at night <laughs> yeah and wait for days you know they used to come there and wait for days this story still does the rounds it's and i think it still applies in many of course now he's got a bigger production line i'm sure of it he's got a lot of people who can execute the work for him his ideas but at the same time i think there was this entire thing then in the my music is being done by ar rahman so we will do the shooting after one year please wait wait for it that thing used to happen right and that's when you know that suddenly this man is he's got a backlog of 3 years 
people are waiting like he's got projects which are lined up for 3 years and therefore he has to complete this now so that he can get to what has to be gotten to after 3 years I, that's that's something that's so difficult to even imagine someone to pull off today because today we are talking about a 7 second memory and people don't want to make that call anyway we'll get to that bit later i'm sure but uh, yeah this is this is a very big difference i think harmony and the technicality of stuff which is there and him then arriving as a national quantity because of the fact that the entire audio of a film would just elevate the film i think that was those were the three big things boys is a tamil album but i have heard the telugu version of it more for some reason because it plays everywhere i have no idea why that is the case but uh, you know that's another thing right this this man was heard in so many languages compared to any other composer you don't have other big composers being translated i think we can't discount that fact as well that he was a multilingual composer and even today when i want to be technically critical of someone who is obviously an idol for a lot of music composers he doesn't his melodies don't think in the language that you're hearing it in if i'm hearing it in hindi those melodies are clearly not written for the hindi lyric you can feel the force fit which is there but when you hear the original the tamil version like if you hear uh, even something like yuva aidha uh, it in tamil i find that the tamil songs always land better pachai nirame lands better i mean even sathya is a great album but pachai nirame is pachai nirame you know it lands yeah i i, I actually have a pet peeve yeah, like i know i ha- i have it's it's sort of a a, a mind block for me to to hear uh, songs dubbed or in in a different language uh, in the film so like 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 a lot of people tell me like even even when the the reason pony nadi came out they, they, uh, someone said the kannada version and the, uh, the malayalam version are uh, really good and i i always have a mental block that no i can't listen to that version <laughs> tamil films i'll listen to the tamil song so i i may actually have not listened to a lot of reman songs that are in other languages but is from the same film that that hindi or A, a, a tamil really so that's of course that's more of a, a personal thing uh, but uh, y- yeah man so uh, like uh, like like you told me that like uh, you you remember well was the hindi uh, music of rahman but uh, how did uh, is there uh, like did you get into uh, to get to i know a lot of people who listen to tamil songs but they don't watch tamil films they don't they just they started listening to tamil songs only because of rahman and they have no connection to tamil or telugu uh, they always watch hindi films all their lives but it's if it's rahman that 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 music they definitely get to um, and i don't think that's happened with many other artists i, I mean i i would have loved if it had happened with ilayaraja if people had discovered ilayaraja but that did not happen for various reasons but it happened with rahman uh yeah for me also i was accessing all of this work through dubbed telugu cinema right and i i'd watched all of these films and uh um all, i listened to all of these albums in telugu uh like to the point that um um uh, the song uh, from again from minsara kanu venela ve venela ve when i then i think about that song it's always the telugu lines that come to me because i watched that movie so many times in telugu um and so i was listening to all of these albums in telugu and because i hadn't had access to the tamil albums for a really long time i would also prefer to listen to the telugu songs over the hindi songs even though the telugu was not the original um and the hindi was you know it was like just on as much you know you know dubbed into as um uh you know the hindi songs were but i think um i think 
you know, Telugu and Tamil have the same phonetic beats in their language. So the dubbing was always slightly better in Telugu than it was in Hindi. Uh, right, the inflection and the cadence in Hindi is just very different from, you know, not that Telugu and Tamil are similar languages at all, but they have the same musicality uh, to, uh, you know, uh, their speech. And so the dubbed versions in Telugu didn't seem so um, incredulous to me. It didn't seem so far off, far-fetched. Whereas the Hindi ones, they always seemed a little... This was until, you know, the late 90s where, you know, even Rahman's dubbed albums started getting a great deal of respect. Then you had Javed Akhtar's coming in and doing the Hindi, you know, lyrics and like things picked up. But the earlier, the earlier dubs of uh, the Tamil albums in Hindi are just abysmal. Like they're so, I just, I mean, they're, they're ironically, you know, weird. <laughs> like the Mukabla Mukabla Hindi version, which is so funny. Chikabuka, uh, dude. Yeah, it's like ridiculous. But but they're also, you know, they're, they're, um, so I used to listen to a lot of these albums in Telugu. But then once, um, you know, you get a little older and you get access to, you know, you have the opportunity to watch, you have the internet, you have the opportunity to watch Tamil films with subtitles. I would start, you know, I rewatched these films in Tamil and then I started listening to these albums. And now I listen to an album in the language that it came out of. Not that... Uh, you know, this isn't to say that I understand uh, how, you know, it just sounds right in Tamil to me. Similarly, as, as much as I love the Dilse uh, Tamil album, you know, it always feels like I'm, you know, every time I listen to it in Tamil, I'm just like, no, this is meant to be in Hindi, you know. I can, I, like, I, for me, like, like Gulzar's lyrics are so like inseparable from, from that, from those harmonies. Uh, but it was so interesting to me when you mentioned the Subhash guy, Tal, because I'm rewatching Tal for an article I'm writing. It's 25 years of the Tal, you know, film and of course the soundtrack. And I read somewhere that because of Subhash guy's hesitancy to go to Chennai, uh, the album was made entirely, you know, uh, not in consultation with the filmmaker. It was one of those Rehman films where Rehman just said, you know, sat there and made the album he wanted to make, you know. Um, and there wasn't a lot of conversations. There weren't a lot of back and forth because Subhash Gai just wouldn't refuse to travel to Chennai as often. And it made me think of, I, I was thinking about what Arjun said earlier about the Rangila soundtrack, right? But the, not just, like, the music, the, the music does not, follow the staple of love song, betrayal song, item song. Like it doesn't have these tropes in Rangila, right? Each song is very, it's sutured to the essence of the moment in which the song appears, right? And this is never more clear than in Mang Tahikya, which is, I think, one of the most excellent Rehman songs of all time, in which, uh, you know, she, Urmila Matonkar's character, Mili, is trying to uh, show Munna the magic, share with Munna the magic of movies, right? Share with Munna the magic of filmmaking. And as he finds himself being awed by the magic of cinema, he's also simultaneously being awed by the idea of love, of falling in love with this woman who loves the movies. And it's such a weird moment in the film. It's such a weird non-tropey moment in a film. Uh, it's such a original moment in Hindi cinema, which is why I would argue that Rangila would be a great film despite Rahman's soundtrack, because it is a great film, period. 
However, it does benefit a lot from the soundtrack, but it is such a, it's one, it's one of like, I think about like one of the most original moments I've seen on celluloid, right? Uh, as, as even in a filmmaking choice. And then to create a song for that moment, which is weird, but which is also so, you know, passionate and so expansive. And um, I think about how, you know, Rahman's songs by extension, are inseparable from the moments that they appear in, right? And he likes to make, he does not like, he does not like it when his album takes a backseat to the movie. Like he doesn't enjoy that part of the process. His album must be a parallel accompaniment, right? It needs to justify the moment. It needs to, you know, elevate the moment. And so um, I think when we discuss Rahman also, we're discussing the films that his music have been a part of. And he's, you know, largely done good films, right? And even interesting films, even films that are when they're bad, they're interesting uh, in terms of what they were doing with the milieu or, um, you know, the sort of more popular genre at the time. So I guess a question for you guys, uh, what are, you know, Rahman's most successful soundtracks for you? And I don't mean great. I don't mean musically perfect. I mean, just the way they married the film. Um, as a good soundtrack is meant to do. Uh, but what is what are Rahman's most successful soundtracks in your mind? See, I feel like we've covered a lot of the early 90s and the, probably the late 90s as well, a little bit. You know, the first bits, we, we've covered the Bombays and the Rangilas and the Tals. And of course, even Duet, for that matter, in Tamil was so important at that time. You know, it made Prabhu look like a rock star. Now, of course, he's everyone's champion at that time but you got to understand that prabhu suddenly with those chords under anjali like suddenly you're like who is this guy you know just changed his life it was believably romantic yeah vividly exactly suddenly you're like i believe that these people can be meenakshi shashadri can fall for this guy whatever anyway the point is that the 90s it's it's unquestionable like i think each album that came out at that time is iconic in its own way even something like i don't know if uh, tiruda tiruda was in the late 90s I don't remember. No, but it's uh, it's nine Yeah, but you got yeah. you got to understand something like a Rasati at that time is path breaking and it's getting acceptance and like only the devout Rahman fans had heard Rasati. But I'm saying today it's something that honestly Voktronica when we went to Russia, that was the song we chose to showcase. We did it as an acapella track and it was beautiful. Even the people out there connected with it because it's such a powerful melody. But so I'm going to talk about two albums which came out later. And I'm talking about uh, one is a multilingual release. You got to talk about Maniratnam. I think Maniratnam and A.R. Rahman have created magic because it's like you said, right? Good cinema goes. And Mayor, I just want to add that when I said that Rangila benefited from the soundtrack, I wasn't trying to say Rangila is a shit film at all because it's a, it's of course a good film. But I would imagine that had Jatin Lalit made the music for Rangila, it would not be perceived as good a film as it is. If you snip out the songs, the mu- it's, it's a musical. Bollywood films are musicals at the end of the day, right? So that's the connection I was trying to make. I think the way the film got scored told me a lot more of the story compared to just the performances of the script as such. But anyway, coming back to the two, two, three iconic albums, I feel like you have to look at, I think I was blown away by Yuva and Ayodhya slash whatever the Telugu version was, because I feel like it just again was a reinvention of how things can sound. I still think people can play 
janaganamana slash dhakalakabuka even today on any system and you would hear that pristine quality of how that bounce just happens. You want to get up and start a, I don't want to say start a riot because I still want to live in this country, but uh, it, it just makes you want to do things and, you know, break the fourth wall or break whatever you, just, just change barriers. I feel like that and that was one of the first albums I found uh, incidentally to the point we were all trying to make earlier about the multilingual uh, disadvantages that end up happening to the translations. I feel like Yuva was one of those few albums where it did the job across the board. You could make out that the melodies were written, keeping all languages in mind. I think all of that stuff was there. How do you take one album? Because I can't not talk about uh, Dilse. Dilse. Guys, actually, you know what? More than the albums, right? There's a concept called uh, what the shelf life of a song is. That's something I strongly believe in. And I'm 150,000% sure that A.R. Rahman is the kind of composer who, once he's made a song, will be like, you know what, this will be relevant for 25 years. This is a six-year song. This is a four-year song. He's got that kind of genius to him. And that's something that I feel, you know, every composer should aspire to know. What are the legs for this song? Because we live in an era where people are making songs that last two months. You're uh, crooning to the latest hit right now and then you're not listening to it. I feel like even today, if you played Dilse at a house party, no one's going to turn to you and say, man, what the hell are you playing? No one's going to look at you and say that. It's still got legs, that song, just to make that point. So Dilse is an iconic album for sure. Even in Tamil, I'm not sure how it responded. I think Mudal one was a very important album when it came out because you had your Rup Suhana Lakta is a great example of bad translation. And Gentleman, you know, the Chikabuka, all that stuff which was there. I still watched it because that was also the breakout of Prabhudeva. But you cannot go past uh, one of the most important albums to come out in the last, in Rehman's career, I would say, not because of the entire Oscar run that it did, but Lagan. Lagan was a big departure in terms of going so much into the roots of the location and the story of the film and all of that stuff. It went so deep in there and yet it made such beautiful music. And it was one of those films that didn't get a release or rather it, I think only the Hindi version is what people really give regard to. The original language is Hindi slash whatever the rural language was. But I feel like that that album was so diverse and, and yet it had that one common theme which was there. It married folk into commercial sounds and some of the best one of the best bhajan tracks, which are like your, even your Radha Kaisina Jales or whatever it is. I feel like that was the first Hindi album that a lot of Rahman fans who don't watch Hindi films were listening to. You know, it was the reverse because what you guys said earlier about a lot of folks from say Delhi and North India who don't follow Tamil cinema listen to a lot of Rahman music. I feel like this was one of those first albums which a lot of people who are devout ARR fans from Chennai and do not want to listen to any other language. They kind of were, not I wouldn't use the word forced, but they were intrigued enough to listen to this song because the songs were so beautiful. Lagan was a very pivotal album. Of course, you should look at Slumdog Millionaire, but I feel like Slumdog Millionaire was an Oscar push. And that's a whole different conversation altogether. But even so, I feel like every song was handpicked in there. Latika's theme is still given as a reference for a lot of films to score. Uh, but yeah, I think I think... These are the four or five albums which I feel were kind of tilting paradigms and resetting the table every time. And I can't, the unfortunate truth is that I'm not able to relate to someone, the music that's being made lately. 
in the last 10 years or so. I can't remember an A.R. Iban album that has stuck with me where I'm like, oh my God, this has done the same job that... Like, I remember I spent my entire 10th standard board examinations. My break was listening to that album back-to-back, the Yuva album, or listening to, you know, some other album. And it's the same thing, the cassette, the Walkman thing, which was there. But I'm not able to do that uh, possibly in the last 10 years. I can't remember iconic music that has stuck with me. The last big thing I remember, like... I think till Kandukunde and Kandukunde and I was fascinated. Slash even Kandathil Muttamattal for that matter, I was fascinated. But lately I feel like it's, something has changed in the last 10-12 years. But I feel like that's a different conversation. So pivotal albums wise, I would say those those few albums, those 5-6 albums were very important in terms of establishing him as an unmo- immovable force in terms of what music making for cinema in India should be like. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, those are actually great examples, and I think uh, we, we can, you know, uh, uh, pretty much go on. Uh, like, like we can just pick one and then go with it. Um, but I would definitely say that um, one, one of the uh, one of the albums that I keep going back to and uh, even helped the film immensely is probably uh, 1947 Earth. And that, that that's a that that's I think uh, Raman's like one of the top five greatest works that he did, and um, it, 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 I don't I don't think it's um, appreciated that often, or maybe because of the subject of the film, maybe the kind of film that it was, uh, uh, it, it, it did not get the, the same kind of push that other films did. But 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 I think as a soundtrack and as a film, I think it's one of the most uh, his. Oh, successful film that he did and the uh, the other one that came after, uh, that, that came a little after that uh, i would say kandugandin uh, kandugandin the the eternal question that everybody asks is uh, uh, both of them came there was a there was a double cassette like there was a, they, we, we used to get the cassette of alaypoide and kandugandin together uh, and um, I, I remember getting it from planet m in 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 cst vp uh, back then uh, and um, I think Kandumani Kandumani is a very important album and, and, and it's one of my favorites and I think it's it, it also counts as uh, one of the successful um, films that is immensely helped by uh, Rahman's album and uh, the other one I would say is uh, Delhi 6 uh, which I just cannot uh, uh, cannot ever get out of and cannot like uh, I, I really don't have words for uh, an album like Delhi Six. Uh, sometimes I get into a debate in my head: is Dilse or Delhi Six? Which is like which stays with you longer? Because I, I think uh, I, I know Dilse is just loved by all, and then it's, it's a even um, it's, it's Mani Ratnam. So even if the film did badly, it's at least remembered in in, in different ways. Uh, but nobody remembers Delhi Six as a film. But I think as a soundtrack. Uh, Delhi Six and and, and even uh, Rahman's background score in Delhi Six, I think, is 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 is, a, is, 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 is quite uh, quite an achievement. Uh, I think uh, to answer Mel's uh, question, in, in, you know, in, in very broad terms, uh, I think I would pick those uh, three. Uh, but, but I would go back to Arjun uh, about how uh, they and Yuva because uh, because I I did notice. Um, I mean, not recently, but I've always felt. That around the time of either it is when Rahman himself uh, kind of tried to be more ambitious, tried to change his sound, 
I, I remember the reviews uh, for either it being mixed, like people suddenly were like, is this Rehman? Is this, this is, this is not the kind of song that are, that he makes. And this is, uh, like people were flabbergasted by something like Dol Dol. Uh, they were, they were, they, they didn't know what to make of Goodbye Nanba uh, and, 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 and songs like that. And, and that I think, but, but, but then maybe even I felt like that the first time I listened to the, uh, to the album, but, but, after watching the film and after uh, you, you know to actually appreciate some of the some of the nuances of the, that album uh, i think it's one of the most uh, it, it's one of the landmark albums of rahman in terms of how the sound and how his ambitions changed from there on i have a quick point to make here and mehr before we just throw it back to you uh, i think you got to understand that there was that period from 2001 to 2000 let's say from lagan to rangde vasanti if i may call it that i'm just putting those two down as your markers out there lagan came out in 2001 then i think there was bhagat singh there was also the hindi album of uh, alay paide which is satya which had certain better like i think nagina uh, what about the a o d o d translates lands better than the original kadal so the uh, whichever the song was some songs in there that was that was an interesting thing there was meenakshi which i feel is an underrated album as well like the 1947 thing as well like there were some interesting songs there then there was yuva ayudhita all of that stuff but uh, i'm sure meher i don't know indians living outside of the country still you know get very emotional when they start hearing to ye jo desh hai tera suddenly everyone's like yeah hand on chest get back to your roots all that happens even now but again you had a couple of forgotten albums the subhash chandra bose album was there there was that entire experiment with amir khan mangal pande kisna i'm saying it was a you could see the graph of experimentation but that that large ar quality was still very much present at that time i feel in terms of this experimental thing because some of those albums are still like you don't look past the swades and say it's a bad album you still say it sounds like rehman good or bad how much ever lands in your top 5 top 3 Rangde Basanti was where I feel like there was a bigger experiment happening more than the Yuva because Yuva still had stuff like your Sandakoi or Kabhi Neem Neem like those songs were still very much authentic Rahman flavored songs you know Rangde Basanti had Patshala which was this heavy synth driven thing in 2006 unheard of with these jarring images which uh, you know Rakesh Om Prakash Mehra was bringing to the Kalbali yeah Kalbali yeah you remember Kalbali when it came out everyone was like oh wow synth what is synth is what is happening and then guru dropped and guru of course you know you, there is something about abhishek bachchan and rehman which does magic that's what worked in delhi 6 as well irrespective of how well the film did delhi 6 is of course a very big album but i completely agree with you on the fact that i feel like this entire all of the 2000s was every film kept updating the sound a little bit compared to the updates that would happen like you can still feel a lot of similarities in the palette of say a roja and yodha for for that matter you know these violin plucks and all that stuff very similar things get used for different compositions in these albums you could feel like the entire palette was different per film the sounds which were being used were very different so i i think i completely agree with you and throwing it back to you mayer like where the song gets used i completely agree with that you can make out when if you reverse engineer what a composer is thinking for a particular song you can totally tell that rahman's a kind of composer who wants the song to be a part of the storytelling he does not want it to be want it to be disassociated i still know for a fact that for a lot of people uh 
the moment when you were watching Rangde Basanti where you kind of choked up is when suddenly you hear Lukha Chupi for the first time. They did a very interesting thing by not really promoting the song before the film really did a couple of weeks. And you hear it for the first time in the film and I know for a fact that I don't choke up during movies irrespective of how bad it is like. But that moment really hit me, you know, and then suddenly Rahman's voice comes in over a Lata Mangeshkar singing, you know, where are you? It's, it's, it's gotten late, etc. And you're watching that Vaida Rahman, I think, who is just collapsing with Madhavan's character's death and all of that stuff. And it just, that is a very pivotal moment in the film where the song is this beautiful lullaby of sorts. And it completely comes in and destroys the audience, right? And that that's a great testament to the point you were trying to make earlier, uh, Mayer. But again, I think that that was a, that was not an experimental sound, you know. Rangde Basanti had, I think, when he was experimenting as well. I think in an album, if there were seven, eight songs, I think he was pushing the barriers with three of them, and then he was like, okay, these four will do the job of commercially selling the film, but these four are going to push the palette of sound that I want to push maybe perhaps we no one can ever tell what is going on at that time and you got to also understand that making music for films is a very very largely driven by the people putting money for it which is why the last 10 years I feel like uh, a man has this legend has just been like I'll make my good stuff for Tamil he's gone on to that trip right now because I think they let him do what he wants I think in the Hindi side of stuff, people want to tell because everybody's a music director, right? Except the music director. That's the, the 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 thing, even today. So I feel like that's a large part of why a lot of the Hindi stuff landing today is not as even if it it sounds very experimental again, but I don't think it's landing the way it does because I don't I, I feel like his heart is now set on give be, when he's given the freedom in the Tamil cinema uh, scope, the silver screen there. I feel like he does a much better job of bringing out his own heart into it as well. So, yeah, that that the 2000s was very important. And you can't have one iconic album. I don't think you can point out one. All of them, back to back, boom, boom, boom. Like freaking Mangal Pandey was an important album. I don't know how else to put it. Like each of it kept pushing the barrier. Uh, I have a question for Meher as well. Like as someone who basically is, you're looking at it as in terms of a cultural perspective when you're writing a lot of your stuff, right? In terms of just affecting culture, pop culture on on the whole. Do you feel like there's a big difference between the kind of impact it has had, say, in the 90s and 2000s versus the 2010s and 20s with respect to this composer's work? Do you feel like it's changing? It has changed a lot more of the culture back then compared to it is doing so right now? This this is what I think, right? I mean, I... I you know, yes to all the albums that you mentioned, um, all of you. And for me also, when it comes to Hindi film soundtracks, you know, Dilse is number one, but Delhi 6 is a very close to it. It's like very, very close. Um, and Delhi 6 might be one of uh, a, a great example of a film uh, where uh, that does not deserve the songs it got. Like it does not, it can't match up to the songs um, in the storytelling aspect, except the Sonam Kapoor uh, pigeon moment. I feel that every other moment in the film sort of pales in comparison. Um, most notably, you know, the montage to the title Delhi Six track. And it's like, you get, you get like an anthem of a generation and you're just like, like, what are these choices? What are these filmmaking choices? But um, that said, uh, you know, um, I was also thinking of another album 
where we were talking about changing, you know, uh, your sound also happened with Janet Priya Janina, right? And suddenly all of these new singers came into the Rahman family. You had Rashid Ali, Penny Dayal, you know, all of these new age singers who would come to then dominate his soundtrack for the next 10 years, right? This is when all of these, um, after this, you have the Mohit Chauhans, which, you know, regrettable choice, uh, if you ask me, uh, barring a few songs. And then you have the lovely Naresh Ayer, who's done some great songs for him. So you have these new singers. He's not going to be working so much with the Chitras and the Sadhana Sargams in, you know, the 2010s, right? He's going to, not and not so much with the SP either. Um, but I think about the fact that after the fa- um, after music being very having a lot of cinematic value in the 60s and 70s in Hindi film music, there was that lull where, you know, you had every song was a trope song. Every song was there, um, you know, to befit a, a you know, specific trope in the film, a specific moment that's, you know, repeated ad nauseum in every single mainstream film. Whereas Rahman was making songs for the story, you know, at bay. He was making songs... Um, um, to benefit the story that was being told, to benefit the characters that were being told, um, to benefit the moments that were being told. And so, um, which is also like, how do you explain a song like Satrangire in Dilse, right? Which, you know, when we talk about the great Dilse songs, it, you know, people don't often become, bring up Satrangire, but it's such a strange, horned up, <laughs> like, so uh, it's a very horny song and it's a very, like, it's a very, it's a very dark song. It's a very, you know, um, not very friendly in, in you know, um, what it, the picture that it paints of love is very destructive and very, you know, something you want to sort of eschew and run away from. And so you had these like very, you know, you didn't have songs. Um, like, how do you explain that? Like, I, I keep thinking about Rahman hasn't had, you know, a quote unquote uh like an item song i keep thinking about that like he's never had that you know quote unquote item song as we knew, know it like even if we talk about um what's that song with tiruda tiruda Aditya, you know what song in tiruda tiruda oh, uh, oh which is like you know kind of fits into that requirement of like a femme fatale seductive moment but it's not a very it's not your it's not your garden variety you know uh female sexuality song it's a very strange song and very strange musical choices um and it choices that uh you know uh I would say make this woman dancing so much more alluring, so much more mysterious, so much more, you know, capable in a ways that other songs probably don't. And so I keep thinking about how um, he was making songs for very original moments in films. He was making songs for very, uh, for contributing to some of our most, you know, sort of cinematic moments in film. And so, I think that a couple of things happen, right? Uh, when you have a composer whose style is so tied to the process of filmmaking, uh, whose process, you know, who works so closely with the filmmakers, who has such strong partnerships with his filmmakers, right? Whether that's, you know, everybody talks about the Mani Ratnam combination, but of course, like, 
memorable soundtracks for Gautam Menon, memorable soundtracks for Rajiv Menon, you know. Uh, I'm not necessarily a big Tamasha fan, but one would argue, or a rock star fan, but one would argue that it was a very fruitful relationship with Intiaz Ali also in Hindi or Ram Gopal Varma. Um, and uh, which also shout out to the strange, weird Dodd soundtrack, which is just such a weird, weird album. One of the strangest combinations that I uh, yeah I'm 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 you know that that one uh, doubt definitely but one of the strangest recent uh, collaborations that I shocked that it's so successful is Anandel Rai and Air Rahman yeah <laughs> I mean Ranjana and Atrangire are pretty great I mean he actually got something out of yeah yeah. I feel like Atrangire for the first time in like after so many years you have a very you have a love song that tells an entire story like that that main uh, love song with uh, Akshay Kumar and whoever like if you haven't watched the film I suppose but like uh, uh, <laughs> and it's a great love song but yeah like he has these he has very uh, he establishes really strong filmmaker music composer relationships um, that feels a lot more I don't know, a lot more intense, a lot more collaborative than some of the popular ones, you know, like the Karan Jor, you know, Shankara Sanloy or, you know, those kind of relationships. And I think that, um, A, in the last 10 years, Rehman's sound has become very, uh, can I just say, obsessed with trying to sound very young and very hip. And sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't work. Uh, sometimes that works gloriously uh, and sometimes it, is a bit um it's a bit of a strange choice um so there's that shift in his sound he's not working with the singers that we've known him to have worked with in the past um and th- this isn't to say that it's been a bad decade i think there's some great albums in this decade I, you know i want, so I want to say that. Great albums, yeah. yeah there are some incredible albums like i keep thinking about just marian and again maybe alluding to arjun's point like the hindi and tamil difference but like the Marian album is fucking beautiful or um, you know uh, Veneta and Devarwa is absolutely exquisite and that is in the last decade uh, but it's like uh, the Hindi songs have also changed and the kind of songs that we expect from films have also changed you know you have yeah. that beautiful Amitravedi, Sneha Kanvalkar phase where you know songs were getting uh, again, like like just the Devdi soundtrack follows the Rahman template, right? Where you make a song for the film, right? You are you create your original moments in the film, uh, and it, it, it's have... it's one of sorry, it's one of the greatest moments that Devdi and Delhi Six came together. Oh like, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> they came in the same I, month. Yeah, yeah. I think about it's I think incredible. about just... no, it was incredible. It was incredible. You're absolutely right. Both those albums dropped together. Yeah, and they were both nominated for the Music Director Awards at each of these, each of these. I still remember that was the year when I think uh, Amit Tarevi won the R.D. Bowman Filmfare Award, right? For Emerging Musical Talent or something. And uh, and and here was Amit Tarevi. And, and I think what was also interesting was like at that time, just side note, I remember all of these interviews that Amit Tarevi would do where he could only talk about the Delhi 6 album. And he would just like talk about it all the time. Like, do you guys have you guys been hearing this like Rahman album that's just come out? Because, you know, I have I... to say, I have to add to this. I think the biggest AR Rahman fan in the country is a certain Amit Trivedi. As someone who was, uh, in fact, I feel Vokronika was called in to do the Amit Trivedi Milchi Music Awards thing where we did like his entire 
discography in a 11 minute track or whatever it is as a package i think that the primary reason he called us was because he had just seen the ar evolution video and i think it stuck in his head and that's kind of why we got the call as well but i also have to say that to to add to that point meher i feel like a lot of new composers are at the risk of you know what do you aspire to try and be like if you're talking about sports people if you're talking about someone joining football everyone wants to end up as a maradona everyone wants to end up as a pele or a messi or ronaldo whichever way of the spectrum you wish to go but i feel like in 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 the in in the field of music of cinematic music telling in india at least because it's a very specific kind of music making which we do out here uh there are a lot of great composers who have come out in the last few years who have kind of been taken over by the ghost of i need to sound like him slash better than him and i don't think that that's possible to do but the problem is that i feel like the benchmark that you know those albums that we just mentioned right now all of the 2000s that 2000 to 2010 banger after banger irreplaceable albums iconic albums coming out i don't think that the 2010s have seen the 2010s i feel like out of the 30 things that might have released you can pick 3 or 4 which are at par with the quality that was there with the ones that came out before and you're right it could be the the cultural shift it could be the entire producer relationship that i mentioned because i feel like we have to you know something that people don't see when we're sitting at the listeners end is why is a song being made the way it is if you're not being given the freedom as a composer which i feel has been the case for the last 10 years or so where it's very economic driven because of the rise of your labels and t series and i think rehman himself Uh, took a giant step in the early 2000s by switching over and making his own uh, you know label and stuff like that that entire aspect of it is a very important point in why maybe we are not connecting in spite of the fact that there must be some great music that's come out in the last 10 15 years i largely believe that it's not at the same level that what that those two decades were like where it was changing and updating the sound i feel like the change and update that's happening right now meher you're you're spot on about perhaps there is a need to want to be relevant and sound young which someone of his stature does not need to worry about but it's about the people that you end up working with it's about the kind of way the industry is at that point which is why i'm saying that i feel like the work that's coming out in tamil cinema for him right now will probably still be more authentic ar rahman as opposed to someone who's doing the job in hindi cinema recently and uh, to the tune of uh, people like anantias ali who did pull out because one of the biggest comments on that vokronika rehman medley was a why is there no rockstar because i honestly i didn't connect with rockstar as much and this is something that uh, i had a chance to tell intyadali himself uh, because recently there were a couple of projects where i got the opportunity to work with him on that and that's not a name drop because he's a true artist filmmaker kind of person i don't consider him to be a bollywood type person i feel like he'll happily jump onto this podcast if he had to he's one of those people and i felt like the relationship that he brought out to the table he's a good director he's a good thinker of stories and why that album was successful for a lot of people despite it not really connecting to me as a rahman fan as much was because it did that same job which you said he made the music for the story that entire job was done maybe i didn't connect with the story as strongly maybe that's what it was i don't know what it was but i still feel like the best work was the first the first 20 years was a different man and then the reinvention part of it in the 2010s and at least the last 5 years i can speak for because you can still say that there are some amazing albums which come out even today 
it's still great at par with a lot of stuff but you're right you know you're not listening to the sadhana sargams or the madhushrees even the bennies i don't know how much bennies doing stuff with him you're not listening you're definitely not listening to shankar so much you're not listening to all those guys and that but that's also because the the era has changed right the singers are very different today today you have about 80 playback singers operating versus the eight who used yeah. to operate back then you have that happening as well you have uh, 50 ways of releasing a film today compared to the five ways you do it earlier you have freaking 150 people everybody is a production house today everybody can make a film like goes to celluloid so and you have you still have great composers like ram sampat who's a phenomenal legend in the ad circuit could only do a delhi belly and after that i'm not sure if he's getting the kind of work that he wants to i don't know what the scene is out there but point is that there are so many amitrivedis and ram sampats and sound changers coming out as well but no one has come out and changed the sound the way this man has and yet i feel like i, I want to look at the the present day legend ar rahman and i feel like the, the rahman of the 90s and 2000s given the same project there might be a different passion and heart that comes into it from the early rahman if you if you just look at that at i you know just imagine the cinematic moment where this man has been brought forward to 2020 given the gear that's available today given all the stuff that's available today i feel like the older rahman might beat the current rahman even though the current rahman has obviously surpassed everything is a global quantity today and we haven't even spoken of his international scores we haven't even spoken of 127 hours we haven't even spoken of any of those things right and there's a reason that we are not discussing so much of the post 2010 stuff on this podcast we're still talking about roja we're still talking about all of those old stuff and maybe that's because of the three people here but i feel like that is a large change in the system there's a large change in what is going to sell which yeah, I, I, I think it's, well. it's not uh, it's, it, it doesn't stop with rahman right like the change that you're talking about it's 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 uh, it, it it has um, it's not just rahman it's it, it's music in general in the last 10 years that you, you you talked about how hindi music is um uh, i mean i mean personally i thought like when amit trivedi had that great run till about till what till uh, till bombay velvet and even till uh, uh till the other arak ships then yeah till manmarthia and, and, and then and, and then after after that um, one album hindi album that i connected with the most was laila majnu and there was no other album that really connected uh in, in such a great way in, in hindi but but in tamil you had the santosh narayan and i produced had, uh, i produced the tracks for lela vajdu what do you say oh you produced it please lela vajdu also i do have to say the caveat most songs on the album not all yeah Because yeah which songs you, which songs are you talking about though please tell me which songs you talking about this is I'll like tell you, <laughs> <laughs> but i think i think uh, uh, i think because there were different composers coming in for the same album for me like that 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 seemed to be like and that's the thing right rahman does not entertain the idea of having an additional voice on the soundtrack because you have to you have to be the musical i guess that's where the musical director comes and you have to direct <laughs> the musical journey <laughs> of the film you have yeah. to have absolute control like the reason Arjun, I because I, I I feel very ambivalent about the rock star soundtrack, mostly because I feel like more than one Mohachan on an album is unnecessary. And <laughs> to the first time an album decides to hold on to one singer for an entire film, it, I, I wish it didn't have to be Mohachan. I I think it's a lovely voice in moderation, right? There's also that part that lately do we have rarely do we have Hindi albums that are 
you know, the, the custody of one music composer. There'll be like two Tanishq Bakshi songs, one, you know, Badsha song, one, you one know, Malik song. Yeah. yeah, I mean, which happened to him on OK Janu, and I'm sure he's like sworn off. Yeah. You know, okay, I, 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 I remember the story that how he did not want to do the Hamma Hamma remake and uh, oh. remix and uh, Karan Johar insisted on that. So, so that, that's what Arjun pointed out earlier. Like it's a lot of production uh, driven uh, decisions. Yeah, um, a lot of money driven decisions. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. as we saw in Atrangi Ray, I feel like he excels when he has complete control of an album. But the music is... Uh, very center to the film's filmmaking choices. And again, Anand Dalrai is that kind of a music composer, right? He, sorry, not music, music film filmmaker who is a complete Hindi film director. Like he thinks ki what music needs to accompany this moment. He's very careful about what colors, what production, what choices, you know, what writing, what words. And for someone who thinks like a very complete and holistic Hindi filmmaker, which shouldn't be... <laughs> It shouldn't be a thing, right? Everybody should be it. Anybody who makes movies and Hindi films, but lately not so much. Who thinks, you know, very strongly about what music needs to be part of his, part of the moments in his films is a great filmmaker for him to work with. Because he, you know, he gives him that space that all of us have alluded to, to really, to really carve uh, and make such specific choices. Very few filmmakers have given him that kind of space. And so, yeah, to me, that's very interesting. That idea that uh, now it's become a rarity. Now we look for those moments when Rahman has a space like that to shine. Uh, why I, I think that the point that you make is absolutely pivotal. And I feel like uh, someone who's kind of like that in the, the modern day directors, and unfortunately, I don't know what's happening in the recent eras, but someone who gives music a lot of importance and is a very great director slash creator who, who understands how the music needs to be a part of the film or rather gives the music writing process a lot of time is uh, Adi Ali brothers, the Imtiaz Ali and, uh, you know, Sajid, his brother who did Lela Majnu. But I think even though it's not a Rahman thing, uh, the the album Lela Majnu basically had five tracks which were Niladri's, out of which two were remakes. Again, a couple of them, a singer who's worked a lot with Rehman is Javed Ali. Like your, he got relaunched or launched again with, you know, your uh, uh, Gajni album, right? Mogadros, that entire thing, that's where it happened. And what we had in mind originally for this one song called Tum was... Uh, was uh, Javed Ali and that again you know it was a producer decision they basically said that uh, obviously this is something it, it, it's not something I connect to at all but what, what happens these days is they look at how many followers this singer has versus how many followers an Atif Aslam has who has millions of followers on Instagram and that's what decided who's going to sing the primary version of the song but we fought for having both versions of that song out and I'm saying that why I love that version of the Atif thing also is because I feel like there was something beautiful that happened with that song as well. But I've never seen Atif Aslam sing for a Rahman track, but if he had to, he would sound like what he would in Tum. You should probably check it out. I'm not sure if he's sung or not. Yeah, but... I, I was going to say that after a long time, I like Atif Aslam in Lena <laughs> Because I, I, I till, love, you reach the I end of the Atif. song. I love Atif. Okay, may I just That's say great. That's and I think that's... Atif's version of the Laila Majnu title track is also great. I love the it... Joy Barua version because it's like charming in its right. own way. 
But right, I love right, 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 right. Back with uh, Atif Aslam and Jyoti Tangwe, and I love, uh, I love Tum. Uh, well, I just, I guess, I, I'm saying, I, I even like more. And of course, you don't like. <laughs> more, like more chaw- half is half is was something that I was supposed to sing, and then we wanted someone who will be able to bring the hills in, and. The person who's established as a hill singer is Bohar Chauhan, yeah. and that's primarily because of A R Rahman. So, I'm I'm reason I'm talking about this album of Leela Majdu is because literally he had nothing to do with it. But I'm saying the kind of singers that have been birthed by the kind of stories through song that Rahman's been able to tell uh, certainly feed into uh, diligent composers slash filmmakers who want to make good soundtracks. And I feel like Leela Majdu definitely achieved a lot of that stuff in many things. But I think it's also very important for us to talk about: Is there such a concept as a bad Rahman album? Is there such a concept as a bad Rahman album? Who'd like to go? Because you got to realize, guys. I don't know how much I can talk about what's a bad Rahman album because I got to work in this place. But uh, I'm not afraid to speak my mind either. Because obviously, if there's a critique for it, you should totally go for it. But what do you guys think? Why did you take the lead on that one? Uh, Gajine. <laughs> That's 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 a bad Rahman album. It's bad because the Tamil album is great. You know, Harris Jairaj did the music for the Tamil Gajini, and it's a good album. Uh, I think uh, the two main romantic songs people who've heard the Tamil Gajini know the two key romantic songs in the album are absolutely beautiful. Um, and even the um, you know the I forget the name of the song, the song that Nandita is dancing on, which is like a weird. Whatever weird song that she dances on, uh, even that is a great, um, fun song. It's a very fun experimental song. But um, which the, the, which the deceased Jia Khan dances to in the Hindi version, right? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She dances. Uh, I remember like, the the Tamil one was uh, for the romantic song. It was Sutrumi. Wasn't that the one? Yeah, I know the Telugu one. Was the one, and I think in Hindi it became to Mary. No, it became Behka uh, Behka. Was the Hindi one? No, 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 no. Beheka, yeah. Beheka was because right? that was Wasn't the uh, um, yeah. But Beheka, Beheka was a different song. That moment was, in uh, that film. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. okay. But yeah, two meria, two meria, duri pias pias is what it became. Very, yeah, yeah. Which is an unbearable song. I'm sorry. Which to circles back to Javed Ali. Which yeah, yeah. Javed Ali is Javed Ali is lovely in the song, and it's a. It, I think it was an interesting idea to have him sing it, and Sonu just scream every like two minutes. But it's a, it's a. Like it's a quite unbearable song, and the the main motive of the movie, uh, which is "Kaise Mujhe Tum Mil Gayi," that is quite bad. Like quite, like hard to listen to because it was it's very wailey, and it's very hmm. like it's just quite. Uh, we we don't know how much Amir Khan's influenced it because Amir Khan likes to be very hands on, notoriously. No, I mean. That that I I don't think that's true. I mean they they've done great albums together. I think and uh, I don't know. I think but but, I, but I'm not sure is uh, if uh, I, I mean they, they they've done great albums together. But uh, Amir Khan was not the filmmaker in those right. I mean I mean he he was not like calling the shots in the sense. I think Gajni Gajni was the yeah Gajni was the first project where Amir Khan went full Amir Khan right. Like yeah. He went Tom Cruise on that yeah. project right. It doesn't matter who's producing or directing. It was an Amir Khan film. It was no, no, the great no, no. Mogadros, yeah. but at the same time, I feel like that was one of those first movies where I feel like Amir Khan started sitting in on the music sessions, noto I famously slash notoriously. I keep saying it that way because, of course, it can have great benefits as well. But uh, I feel like Gajni was largely influenced by Amir Khan a lot in terms of the musicality of stuff. There are videos of it of the sessions where you can see a visibly uncomfortable Arya one 
just going through the emotions of stuff but that could just yeah, be me yeah quite a bad album you know? like it's quite a like a hall of fame of bad um and i i uh can't think of any more like i mean there have been underwhelming rehman albums like to me i have one i have one for me definitely yeah. huh it's 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 basically alluding to a composition which you had earlier mehr which was uh, salman khan says you know do the music for a film i'm in and it turned out yeah. to be a subhash guy film yeah right. there you right. go none of us nobody cares about that movie's soundtrack you can't you remember like the song it has two nice songs it has two lovely songs i think are they really lovely in terms of landing in your top 100 or 150 rahman songs i, I don't I know, know. Yeah. yeah the benny dal tu hi to meri dost i really love that song i, I love benny dal's voice on that song but I I'm not no no doubt about and this means there's no disrespect to any of the artists who worked on it, including uh, AR. But I feel like that that song was a little odd. It it didn't really connect in terms of like I feel like if you look at it from a technical standpoint, also it was an odd song. It was not odd in a good way. You know, it was an odd song in many other ways. What was the structure of that song? We don't want to get too technical on that front. I understand that. But Yuvraj was definitely a very unmemorable album in my head. uh hands down compared to most things even like ranjana beats yuvraj 50000 times you can still remember ranjana you can still remember that oh, ranjana is a great still... album for me that yeah it's a good album, album. highway uh, highway was also like you know patiga guddi is still covered by a lot of people ravan was even though it was a disaster of a film for whatever reasons it turned out to be a disaster but there are still songs in there which are you know uh, held in high regard सुखी But Together. I don't know if you guys huh? know about this album called Parasuram, which Rehman did. Just I, I don't know why he did it. It's it's by uh, actor Arjun. Um, I think he Arjun even directed it, and it actually has all the the ninety singers. It has Hariharan, it has Sujata, it has Swarnalta and Sadhana Sargam. But it's just a album that he just winged it, and he had. This this I, was. I, I don't uh... think even, This was two thousand two, two thousand three. Yeah, two thousand three. Parasuram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think this is just the, before the Boys, right? Yeah, just before Boys. Yes. That's why no one remembers it because Boys <laughs> was such a Boys was again a, a reinvention, right? Of what the young yeah, it sound was, it is. It was. It was. And, it was. And, and it was such a great reinvention. Yeah, and it was such a great album. It was just everywhere when it released. Yeah. Man, Boys was again a production benchmark for me in terms of oh the sound has updated again. I I don't know. I didn't. I never thought I'd be making music professionally, but I remember that there were different phases in my life where this was a obsession for me in terms of the sound updating. And Boys, I remember that title track of uh, Sari Gama, which was there. even today that the way the kit the drum kit sounds the way it's mixed right it still plays really well on any system it really translates well but yeah boys was why no one remembers parashuram aditya i think 
Parshur, I I can't even recollect a song from that album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I know. You're like right. I, I just completely uh, dropped dropped off memory. So, like can't even. So would that uh, be bad or would that be forgotten? Because he's I remember no, I, Arjun I and Raman is. Yeah, like, like I still remember songs from you, Raj, but I cannot. <laughs> you know, uh, I I never went back to Parshuram. Like it, it was like like you, you, uh, also Yuvraj came at a time when Raman was just churning out albums. Like 2008 was crazy. He, he had like this Sakrakati. He had Ada. He had Slumdog. He had uh, Yuvraj, and, and then I think he had a couple more. Um, and um, and all of this was followed by this uh, uh, Delhi Six, of course. Uh, but but one of the topics that I want to uh, discuss, maybe uh, as, as a final one that I want to talk about, that uh, any concert memories, live concert memories. Uh, for me, personally speaking, in the last 10-15 years, it's not just Rahman, but I've just uh, been underwhelmed by most live concerts anywhere because because of the scale at which they happen. Like if they happen indoors, I, I attend and the sound is great and, and everything is great, but when when it's Rahman, they, obviously they want every they want the whole city to come and they they, they get this huge stadium or, or or a huge ground and they consider the speakers are bad and the, the, the like the, the sound quality just dropped out. But and I, I was talking to Meher earlier on email that uh, we remember this uh, set of concerts from early two thousands, which is which was called Unity of Light, and I think that, that was one of the best produced concerts at that time and uh, and 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 i used to keep watching that and re- remember that uh, and and used to think that oh i must go to these one of these concerts and then when i grew up and then i was able to go to concerts and it was just kind of disappointing for me yeah i mean at that point of time i don't think it was sinking in for all of us who were young but these concerts that he did in the late 90s and early 2000s uh it which were in dubai and like all of these places and it was you know the league of you know our legendary singers right you would have everybody from sp balasubramaniam sailaja chitra sadhana sargam hariharan udit narayan all of these people would come to the stage to sing rahman's music and uh, you know the songs would go the one verse in tamil one verse in telugu one verse in kannada one verse in hindi like everybody just you see these singers interact with him you have rahman he's like not even 30 yet he's kind of gawky looking he's got his this was his long hair he still had his long hair and he looked very much like a kid behind his massive keyboard um you know and you had this entire sort of opera show up uh you know a slate of singers be- uh, musicians uh behind him and you would have javed jafri hosts some of them i remember um and shivamani is there and shivamani is like a performer unto himself there'll always be like two moments when he'll take his big drum and come to the center and just you know um have a spotlight and and, and, and suresh peters if you remember suresh peters yes and i yes, yes. think about these like to me they would play this all the time on tv yeah like they would just play on tv all the time and every time it played i made it a point to watch it my mom and i made it a point to watch it and you know um the image of a sadhana sargam coming in her frock because she was essentially a baby and a baby singer and uh, you know you had all these like adults about her uh and uh, i think about uh the show because it's like 
it was, you know, the again, like our parents' generation were used to it because you used to have like Adi Bhaman did concerts like this. It wasn't like a nascent idea. But for us, it was the last of it. I don't think we had a show where the best working singers of the time are all coming onto the stage together and performing, each coming to perform their songs in like, you know, kiraddling out of there, right? Right now you will have, you'll have either, you'll be able to score one or two great singers, but you'll usually have other people coming in yeah. singing those same songs. You won't be able to call on all original singers to the same stage unless it was, a, unless it was an award show or something like that. Uh, so it was very unique in the fact that it was like the A-list of A-list singers, right? All of us in um, growing up to the soundtracks of the time, these were the people who were singing our songs, right? Um, so I think it's ridiculous uh, that we were able to see that on TV all the time. We were able to watch that and relive that all the time. And so I used to really think I wanted to see uh, Rahman live until the idea of touring with that, that group of singers stopped happening. You know, uh, and it stopped happening. Rahman started building his own troop of singers, right? His own band that he would come to travel with, which included singers, would include singers from his conservatory, probably. And, you know, the singers are also, you have younger singers coming in in his discography. So, you know, you'll have Sasha Tirupati come in and she sings her own songs, but she also sings all these other songs, right? Because you can't get Chitra and Satna Sargam for every single concert. Um, and so the nature of the Aya Rahman show changed. And I remember at NH7, when he was, <laughs> Rahman was like strangely headlining NH7 Pune, like many, many years ago. And his, uh, and his, uh, the, the, the premier uh, indie festival of the country. Yeah, it's like ridiculous. And his act was uh, coinciding with Flying Lotuses gig and i just remember like all of us and i mean by i mean some of us like barely 250 people were at the flying lotus stage and everybody was else was at the rehman stage everybody else who was attending the festival was at the rehman stage and we were just 200 and 250 people who were at the flying lotus stage and it was a great gig i think arjun you were there for that gig i remember and it was a really i know i know you know, some friends who were there, then it was a great fucking gig. It was a great gig. It was the only gig where there was actual space <laughs> for everybody to run and dance. Um, and then uh, it was a choice that was very easy to make, actually, because this new version of Rahman show is not something that would, seemed particularly interesting to me anymore. You know, if, if I didn't, if I couldn't, like, because the gold standard had been met. And so I was just like... Yeah, that, that's that's a great point because I think you've pretty much captured the essence of what it was to be at a Rahman concert. You were spot on. And I think everybody in the country has consumed it because it used to be one of the most televised concert formats for a while. Because like you said, everybody was there. And let's not forget the fact that you suddenly looked at Udit Narayan with a new light every time he came on a Rahman stage, right? Compared to any other composer using Udit Narayan. He used to always sound very, he's a very versatile, underrated voice in the country. And... I think some of the best songs that Udit Narayan sung have come with Rahman as well. And I'm sure a lot of singers have benefited from that. Mohan's career is probably that. But again, those are all things which translate live, not just with the recorded songs. I feel like there is a there, there are a couple of things about A.R. Rahman live where you've got to understand that he's one of those musicians who, when you put a keyboard in his hand, he's a different singer. And when you don't have a keyboard in his hand, he's not necessarily the most accomplished I know it's blasphemy to say this, but I'm sure that, you know, if, if he was hearing this, he would agree that I feel he's a lot more comfortable with the keyboard in his hand. And the modern format of concerts don't necessarily allow him to be that way because I feel like there is this push 
that is coming commercially for him to need to be the rock star and be that thing whereas i feel like modern day concerts would benefit with rehman still following the there are two people in the world who can stay at the center at the back and still be the focus despite who the singers are i mean i know it's a oversimplification to say it's two people but the way you would consume a hanzima concert is how i would like to consume a rehman concert no disrespect to either of them to put them in that category but there is a format of there is this one central piece there surrounded by the keyboards and the synthesizers and the computer and then you have your percussion sections and you have a shivamani and all of that stuff and i'm just drawing a parallel to a zimmer concert where he's got this big drummer called satnam we've got a shivamani for this and i think one of my fond memories is shivamani would always come forward and find some new gimmick where he would have a scraping chest pad and i used to i i still find that uh, he's well, he's an entertainer and a very interesting personality but you know shivamani is a very large part of that's why we have chaya chaya sound the way it does that's why we have one of the albums we haven't spoken about guys and i guess it's it requires a separate conversation altogether but vande mataram was a very very pivotal point in indian commercial music let's not call it cinematic because it was an independent album but that's probably the only album that qualifies rehman to headline and it's seven if it's a pure indie festival uh, notice to either people but uh, at the same time i feel like during that time of 98 to 2005 was the peak of this format that you mentioned meher but in terms of a live rehman experience i actually have an anecdote which is the other way around uh, which i feel might be interesting for someone listening to this stuff uh, there was a gig that voktronica got program for which was uh, one of the ambani family people who were getting married okay and i think it was his daughter or niece or someone was getting married and we have been called in to this uh, place which is uh, i feel it's the older house where i think the mother still lives it's not at antilla which is that giant ant hill looking place very unique name but uh, it's the other place which is there in same south bombay we were all there now i'm not getting into the entire experience of how artists everybody else is treated like you got to go with the same lift that staff uses you're not allowed to use the main lifts because everybody with the ambani's are not royalty but at the same time uh the the setting for our gig why boktronica was drafted in was because there is a seated audience of 60 people 60 chosen people that are there there is going to be an mc there is going to be someone coming and it's basically a function where it's like the previous day of the wedding or whatever it is and boktronica has to break out and perform a favorite song of the bride to be and we got to break out from the crowd so we are going to be dispersed sitting in the crowd and the only band that can do that is an a cappella group or a all vocal group we have our ears and mics and we're hidden in the crowd we have that stuff now we're sitting down and uh, there are these rows okay guys and this is a giant conversation on indian society as well you understand who's at what power rug in this entire thing because you have row 1 to and i'm sitting on the second last row i think there were 12 rows if i'm not wrong and you have sitting so it's probably 100 people not sure of the numbers but yeah you get the idea i'm sitting on the 10th thing i have someone from my band sitting there couple of, every all of us are scattered across that that pile of people that are there so then i start understanding that the host of the previous day's function is abhishek bachchan because that's who these guys get to host you'll get your nephew to do it they get abhishek bachchan to do it uh, uh and the first row is occupied by the ambani's anil ambani tina all of these guys are there and with the bachchans they're all there all of that stuff is there aishwarya rai gets to sit in the second row 
And then I look to the left and the person sitting next to me, funny story, he's like, hi, so what do you do? So I'm like, uh, nothing, I'm in music and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, what do you do? Because this guy is sitting on the 10th row, so he's nobody probably. Turns out he's the owner of the Leelawati Hospital. So I'm like, if this dude is sitting on the 10th row, who the hell is sitting in the first few rows? And then I start looking around and I see this curly head figure out there sitting next to somebody else. And I'm like, this guy looks damn familiar. And then he turns around, looks at my way, looks everywhere else. Familiar little gay looking around, very lost. And then it suddenly registers to me that that is A.R. Rahman. So my head, now I'm not a nervous person in general when I'm about to perform musically. I was okay. But I was just hoping nobody from the band looks and sees that, okay, Rahman's sitting right there in the crowd. Because I don't know how anyone's going to react, right? Because if that person's like, you're going to get psyched out by it or whatever it is. But this was a performance experience from the other end of the stage where he was in the audience, right there in like six feet away, right? And we've got out and we're singing uh, Can't Take My Eyes Off You or whatever it is. And I don't know what it was, but in my head, I didn't really get overawed by the fact that Yara Mother sitting there. But my eyes did go towards him a couple of times just to see what is he consuming. And I was very happy to note that he was looking at, looking at the part where he's just smiling towards my direction to the beatboxers where he's like, oh, cool, this is what the bass and the sing sounds like. He was still being musical at that point. It was very interesting to, do, to me. But I was also very sad about the fact that this man was sitting on the sixth row or the seventh row. He should have been right up there in the first two rows in my book. You know, he's right up there. Like if there was a Sachin Tindulkar attending that event, you guys get it, right? This is the entire Indian diaspora of who's who or at least the Mumbai diaspora of who's who. And I feel like A.R. Rahman should have been sitting right up there. But that's the thing, right? There is this entire larger divide that A.R. Rahman has overcome. Um, you know, that circles back beautifully to the first point that you made, Meher, where as South Indians, why do we feel so connected to A.R. Rahman? I'm a Malayali. Meher is probably representing Andhra. I don't know, Aditya, if you want to say that you're representing Tamil Nadu in some way. And I'm not saying that we are being regional about it. But I would say that it's a pretty diverse South Indian selection out here on this podcast right now. And all of us know that this man has basically been one of those people that has worked in a manner where people aren't looking at a conversation of, Acha, you are from Andugundu, you are South Indian, or you are North Indian, or you are East Indian, you are West Indian, right? Isn't that what the beauty of art is? So... I feel for me, more than anything else, the, the idea of a country where there are so many languages, there's a man who's been able to work across all the languages, sustain the quality of stuff which is there, and therefore he just becomes one of those people, whether you like the stuff he's doing right now, don't like it, there's nothing that I can say where I do not have, I have the utmost respect for him because, and then that has to always exist that has to always exist for anyone whether you're a fan whether you're a musician whether you're a critic whether you're someone who's a sanghi person i don't know what you are whether whatever you are whoever you are rahman is beyond religion beyond region and beyond a language right and to me i'll always be grateful that that in that moment the man got to watch me perform at that point and that was not a fanboy moment for me because i don't know if i fanboy in front of a lot of people but that's just me. I'm sure that when I look back at my life, that moment where I just saw him check out, oh, he, this is how the bass is happening, this is how the drums are happening, whatever it was. That was a very cool moment in my head because I was like, yes, this man is is as musical as I always thought he would be. So it was a beautiful experience live from the other side of it. And no, no one get, we didn't get to talk and stuff like that because we had to be whisked off uh, immediately. That's the point of the performance. So that was happening. But... I was just really happy to see that he's right there. He's there in a who's who 
thing which is there and of course you would think that that's he's accomplished enough for all of that stuff but i feel like what's happening with the modern day concerts man like you said you know it's a band that's been formed you have a lot of the new age singers a lot of people from the conservatory you have a lot of amazing vocalists there as well but i feel like even the vocalists are trying to break out in a era where there are so many vocalists everyone wants to overdo slash shine in a particular way and i feel like people are not at a place where you're secure enough to deliver what is justice to the song whereas deliver what is going to make you sound like a good vocalist that's also going to feed into the quality of concerts lately it's also going to feed into the commercial value of the concert where rehman is forced to come forward bob his head wear a cooling glasses and look uncomfortable visibly where they're trying to position him as this rock star person some people are not that man i feel like he's an introvert genius person or a small talk let let's say he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a i don't want to call him introverted because i feel like he's one of those people where if he knows you he's probably a very chatty person i'm sure that that might be the case but i always imagine him to be this giant eye in the center of a stage and just controlling all of these things which are in front of him that's the format of a rehman concert that i would like to see today which i feel we may not get to see anymore because that's what the money that, that's where the money is talking I do want to add though that the singers he works with are really good singers you know in and of themselves i yeah. think john gandhi hands down i think natasha tirupati absolutely lovely benny dal there, there, there was there was a neeti mohan phase as well yeah neeti uh, mohan is great yeah benny, they're all they're all amazing singers that's that's what i'm trying to say right yeah. i feel like the era that everybody is in right now in terms of what a gig needs to be for a artist who's got songs spanning over 30 years i feel like they're at a place where they're either forced to reinvent the arrangements so suddenly you're hearing the songs and there's a ranjit barot arrangement for the song playing it's not necessarily a rehman arrangement which is playing for it there's a reinvention which is happening which may or may not be to taste necessarily i don't know where the heart of all of it is but i know for a fact that the man is certified genius so maybe we just don't understand it yet or maybe i, I don't also, understand i also it. think it's a, it's a it's a production scale thing like like when i have attended both rehman and elera uh, jha concerts i mean fairly recently because elera started touring a, a lot and i think because they, they are such behemoths they are such big, big figures they they these people have to cater to you know like some thousands of people attending this this concert and i don't think they have the means to make it a great experience for every one of them attending and 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 i think that also feeds into your uh, disappointment of attending a concert because yeah yeah it's great like uh, this raja raja concert and you have spp and uh, there's a singing together Uh, which which is great but then if the, the sound quality is not great then you know you're not really going to enjoy or appreciate it all that much but i think it, it's a it's, it's a scale where these people have reached that stage and, and i think at, at that point unless you are you know you 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 you're really at a concert high uh, and, and and not really worried about you know like whether you hear the sound properly or you can you see their faces um it, it, in it, that that also feeds into the disappointment and disillusion with live concerts of of that such big figures like if you like, like you, you go to nh7 you have you have a gig and then i, I think it, it's great it's but, but but you have some something where you're like almost like 1.5 kilometers away from the stage and you're looking at their faces on a, on a, on, a, on a screen in front of you then it's not really a, a a live concert kind of an experience and i think that also feeds into a, a disappointment they just they just cannot afford a small scale concert for these people anymore yeah and i also think there is something very specific to indian film music that it feels a, a, a it, it feels like a betrayal when the original singer is not singing the song on stage 
it's not they could be doing their own version they could be you know they, they, that, that doesn't mean that the singer who's singing the song is not good but because there isn't a lot of uh, experimentation and digression it's not like somebody is doing a 17 minute riff you know and just going you know off script you're performing the song as is largely with a few inflections here and there uh it just feels like a second you know yeah. a second rate experience to not get the original singer and then of course when you come to and so which is why you know music composers hindi film music composers performing is just or indian film music composers performing is always going to be a substandard experience as opposed to a band you know original members of the band playing their songs and you know um, that's that's great that's perfect uh, you don't notice this if the original you know um, drummer is not playing right you don't notice this because there's a script to be followed and you know more often even though there, it won't be precise you know it's it you can make do with it but if you don't have the original voice you know as lovely as sid shriram's voice is if he came and sang an spb song i would just be like no you are that's too also wrong programming singers. that's also just yeah. unfortunate wrong programming sid shriram yeah, you are like, two very different singers you're two very different singers and it's just it's i'm sorry it's not going to work because again spb is such a iconoclast a very specific very specific singing style so there's also there's also that part so i think that's that's the other very important reason that ramans performing in uh, new jersey in a couple of and uh, boston in a couple of weeks and uh, I, i was just like no i'm not going to do this i can very well enjoy the songs in the warm comfort of my own home and i'm fully taking advantage of the summer right now and i'm making it to a gig once a week you know but i can't watch someone and no doubt that there'll be lovely singers from the conservatory but they will be singing the songs because you will expect certain songs there certain songs have to be sung no matter you know um no matter how contemporary makes a set he has to squeeze in certain evergreen hits i suppose but um to not hear them the voice of the original singers would be very it's a very uncomfortable experience you don't know where to look i i tell you what's more uncomfortable it you, you you're talking about uh, not, not the original singer not singing the song but have you ever heard hari haran in the rahman concert singing his own songs adding his own inflections and then spoiling the experience altogether that, that that's a hilarious experience right? no I it mean, is amazing because whichever female singer is paired with him has a look of terror on her face she doesn't know where he's going to go next she doesn't know what he's going to do she, i think the song that's give benefited the most from that or uh, rather experienced that the most is tuhire because that one tuhire has been sung in 50 million ways tuhire tuhire there are 50000 these lovely female singers they're sitting and they're they're smiling but the smile is not reaching their eyes they're so terrified of what he's going to do which is great like i will take that i think i will take that that is pure thrill that is pure joy that is a singer who is aced what it means to be a performer right this is a man who has sat cross legged and performed gazal concerts and this is a man who's performed as part of colonial cousins and as a bonafide you know and uh, and is in key more and is in key always always yeah is surila yeah. like i mean i know it feels um it feels it feels weird to like commend someone for being having their surtal in place but 
the most popular mu- you know hindi film musician who tours right now is like always flat right like i'm so i'm just like very yeah most of them are right most of them are like yeah i'm saying but the most popular one is obviously one of the other reasons which is which is whole other podcast but which is one of the other reasons that uh, kk's death really hit me hard because he, yeah. he was one of the last of those yes yes someone yeah, who's very he was in very, key. very he was usually in key life which is even more incredible when you know he isn't wasn't trained uh, i just you know i tip my hat to people who weren't you know trained but are able to nail that and and even i mean even Rahman, is there a is there a is there a kk and ar rahman song that you can think yes. of yes strawberry kanne is my favorite favorite yeah. is it Rahman. strawberry kanne is there strawberry kanne is there is what else favorite um is there i think oh hamdam soniore but Oh, of course. What's wrong with me? Hamdam Sunyore was Kunal Ganja, wala K K and Shan, correct? K K gets the. But that's it. That's it. I don't think he got to do a lot with Rehman. No, 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 no. Which is unfortunate. I feel like he is the kind of there's there's this very, I know it's a very weird term to hear, but I I always hear this little blue color around K K's voice. It's very pure blue, and it slides right into Rehman's, you know, nighttime palette, if I may call it that, or one of those. Yeah. K K could have easily sung any of those songs. It would have been. It's, I it's I a, feel like. Yeah, I feel like KK should have KK should have sung some of the Sono songs for sure. I think that uh, Sono, possibly, possibly, especially in the Hindi film soundtracks, is a little bit overused. And KK is also one of those singers who is very like clean. There is no filter on his voice. You know, it's very precise. You can hear the words. Enunciation is perfect. Uh, there isn't any fuzz. You know, the voice is very very clean, and the voice is very precise. And uh, we would have like even just strawberry kanne is so low on uh, the instruments like it picks up there are these like big crescendo moments uh, in between verses but the sound itself when the singing is happening is very muted is very like you know just tin cans uh, yeah. being like um, it's very like it's very gentle and so it's so beautiful because he sounds so clean you know uh, on that song and very criminally very underused and um rehman soundtracks that and 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 i feel like it's uh, i know it's a slight departure from the rehman thing but i feel like that's a missed opportunity for sure you know kk and ar rehman yeah. made a very interesting pairing for a lot of, like i think it could have been as iconic as a modern day equivalent of kk and uh, sorry harihar and ar rehman you know or shrinivas and ar rehman or any of those combinations but the other thing that uh, again this is just because i feel like it just adds to uh, there was i when i was switching careers to do music full time one of the first mainstream singers who i ever worked with for a song was kk and uh, why i bring it up is because he was the most humble down to earth and the second he realized i'm a nayar he suddenly started talking to me in bombay malayalam as such and he just became absolutely like he was just such a family person and you know when when his death happened as a again i feel like he was one of those south indians who basically bridged the national gap and divide yeah. quotient which was there which makes it even more interesting than telling that it would have been amazing to see him work a lot more there but i have this memory of hamdam suniore where i asked him because there was a long standing debate that i had with my brother for years where i was like there are three vocalists in that song and he was like no there are only two vocalists and i was always like there's kunal ganjawala there's shan singing o suniore and deem deem is sung by kk my brother would always be like no there are only two people two people two people so i basically told him this anecdote and he's like okay let's record a video quickly fine let's do it 
And then he's like, what's your brother's name? Ajay. Ah, okay. Ah, Ajay. So you got to understand that this song has three people. And I've sung the third part. And I'm like, can you sing it? So like, yeah, okay, let's sing it. Then he's like, dheem, dheem, tana, dheem. And I'm like, yeah, great. This is like, it was a beautiful moment right there and then. And he wrote this beautiful note after the song. And I still have that. And uh, that song never made it out because of T-series politics and shit like that. But it was a song called Udne Chalai. And I just recently made a trip back to Kerala. And uh, I played that song out as we were driving through the thing. And I got a little emotional about it because I was like, this is, again, a son of the soil who, you know, deserved a lot more. And I feel like a lot more A.R. Rahman, KK yeah. combinations would have been amazing for all of us. I feel like a modern day equivalent of a Hariharan combination was lost upon. So one of the things, reasons why the Voktronika A.R. Rahman medley happened uh, and that's something which a lot of fans go and listen to as such. A lot of people feel offended by the medley as well because they're like, how can you move from one song to the other? But one of the most beautiful things about ARM, uh, I'm I'm pretty much a self-taught musician. It's always through listening and stuff like that. A little bit more Eklavya mode. And let's just say the person that I've studied a lot from musically is ARM. He's, he's been an excellent teacher in that sense because you've got to understand that there's... This one element, if you go back and listen to Rahman's songs as a composer that he does, he starts, let me use Chaya Chaya as an example, okay? There's, he's ending a particular verse and there'll be this one musical element that starts off with the last bar of that verse, which then just starts you into the next thing. He used to make this connection thing happen, seamlessness in all of the palettes which were there. That's essentially the the, the primary motif in this entire ARMR medley. But there's a reason that it stopped at, say, 2008 or whatever it is. It didn't go on beyond that because I feel like we wanted to see if there's a scope for doing a part two of the medley or not. But the most beautiful experience that I had while trying to arrange that medley with the band was that we were in the midst of such great music which spanned across decades. And for all the N number of reasons that we've spoken of, that medley is nothing. It's actually just a summation or a bullet point summary of some of the most uh, good feelings that you've had through a Rema track. And I say that because I tried to make sure and all of us tried to make sure that the Rahman fans in us were the ones who were arranging what is the essence of each of these songs. You don't want like if some if Yuva is being done, if you have that, that part being done, we mixed it with Jodha Akbar. Now that's blasphemous, but... We tried to retain the soul of the original Yuva part and or Dakalago uh, Buka and and the the Azimo Shah Shencha bit or whatever it is and that's that's some like the the newer stuff resonated a lot with the audiences as well. But you got to realize that uh, no one's ever going to come close to this man because we didn't we didn't even touch a good forty percent fifty percent of his career and even then it was such an overwhelming experience to go through all of those songs and create this compilation even something as big as uh, Muttu right now all South Indians in the world know that when you're scoring music for Rajnikanth it's a whole different ball game that's not anything that science or cinema can define because that entry point where Rajnikanth makes an entry every composer has to go through a ritual rite of fire or trial by fire in terms of what is your Rajnikanth entry going to be Everyone's got that. Everyone's got to make a national anthem. Everyone's got to make a Vande Matram. Everyone's got to do that. Every composer who goes on to become a great one has to do this. Rahman's entry for Rajnikanth was Muttu. The all that, that, that stuff. It's still so iconic, that entire symphony that kicks in. And then after that, you have the kicking in. That was a whole different song. But that first symphony, 
to hear that in the early 90s i was blown away because i remember it was around the same time or after two years or so that entire johnny quest update happened i know it's completely random but you guys remember the feeling that you got when suddenly johnny quest updated to that attack cool new music which was there and it started sounding symphonic and then you start realizing that the reason you're gravitating towards rehman is because dude he's making this stuff for so many years already there's so much to love about the music that he used to make and there's so much to love i'm sure about the music that he will make but i think more than anything else uh, we're just lucky to have lived through a time where he was alive and we're not talking about him the way we're talking about adi burman we've grown up around his music i feel like we should all be privileged to feel that that was 30 years of air rahman uh, i think all of us do qualify as 90s kids so you all enjoyed and then we'll be back with a new episode thank you mehran arjun for joining any time and this was an absolute uh, pleasure to sit and I, i was so happy to see so many things referenced out here but uh, i would also like to say on behalf of the three of us that uh, it is impossible to talk about the 30 years of arman on this limited audio podcast yeah. in terms of time which is there it's impossible for anyone to do that but uh, we just three people who got together and i had a blast right now being here so thanks for having me this is amazing thanks meher for thinking this would work so i'm so glad it worked out and uh, thank you aditya for having me and uh, yeah it's just i i don't know if any of this might resonate with people listening just three people nerding out uh, over one of the favorite musicians but who also happens to be the country's um, one of the country's greatest so hopefully you'll just enjoy <laughs> the nonsense we've been talking nothing of value here just pure nerding out thank you and we'll be back in another episode so अपना भी दिल बार बार लाए रोए नकी Hey folks this is Deepak aka complicator on Twitter and I wanted to personally thank you for listening to our latest episode If you liked what you heard please subscribe to the other banana on Apple Google Spotify Amazon or any of the other platforms where you listen to podcasts Please do leave us a review and a rating as it helps us drive visibility for our work You can also view the team's writing or provide us feedback on our content at tobpod.com. We look forward to hearing from our listeners soon. Thank you.